And today, a hot topic. I just finished our spring playing conference. Great, great conference. Lots of great ideas came out of that. And one thing that I was asked several times was about accessibility, the ADA, you know, Americans with Disabilities Act. How do we go about making sure that our sessions are accessible? And the more I got to thinking about it, I thought, oh my word, it's not just individuals who might be hard of hearing or deaf, mute or blind, um, amputees, somebody experiencing seizures. Just there's like a broad range, right? We can't label it into one little um, kind of corner of the world. We have to think about a lot of different things. I thought to myself, what do I do when I design to consider accessibility from the very beginning instead of an afterthought? I think for most of us, it's an afterthought. And I don't mean that in a bad way or, or a harsh way. It's just like, oh my word, I design and then, oh, what did I do? Oh, is the font okay? We need to make sure that we're thinking of it from the very beginning, because if we design it, it will happen. And if we don't design for it, it might happen. So let's take a look at a couple of things that I could just quickly help you with. Obviously, in a short podcast, you're not going to get it all. There are a lot of different articles out there on it, but just to get you thinking. I don't want it to be like, oh, it's so much more fun to design. Not that way. It's not true. There's so many easy ways, and I just want to give you a couple of them. So at the Bob Pike Group... One of the things that we consider is obviously font and color. So problem is, um, has arisen when we use a font that maybe is too script looking, or it might be that the color impacts color blindness. One of the things I learned about color blindness um, is because my husband is colorblind, that there are many different types. I had no idea. Like I just knew about his. I didn't know that there were more than there's more than one way to be colorblind. And so that is absolutely something when you create your branding from learning experience, I know that you need to also consider the font you're going to use, making sure that it is easy to read, even though it might not be, oh, as beautiful or as fun and whimsical, or it's better to have something that's readable by all and not so whimsical. And I, I guarantee whimsical gets difficult to read for anyone. So that's number one, font and color. Make sure that there's color contrast. There are color contrasters out on the web. Just um, Google, bing it, whatever you use, search it. Color contraster. And just look at the perceived brightness between the two colors, making sure that you get a thumbs up, an A, yes, that will work. Image, images is the second one. We use a lot of images at the Bob Pike Group. There are two types, um, decorative and then and then useful, okay? We use images that relate to our content. It might be an infographic or a chart or a graph. The problem is when we don't use alternative text with images. For instance, we only have the image there, but then no word to represent what we're saying. So we want to show the graph, but we also need to be able to avoid only the text or just images of the text. It makes it difficult for people to interpret a graph without words. So if you're going to have a graph, the easiest type for all people to read is a bar graph and making sure that the color contrast is good and that there are words telling you what each bar represents. Videos is another one. The, the problem is a video without closed captioning, right? It's not accessible. Nowadays, there are so many ways that you can make a video and have it be 
using um, closed, ca- closed caption. For instance, My Simple Show. Go to mysimpleshow.com, get a free subscription, use it, and, and it creates these great doodly type videos. It's really awesome. And you can actually record your voice, but then they can also then type in what you want the closed caption to say in real time. Um, we use Zoom. We absolutely turn on the closed caption option for anyone that wants to use it. And when I'm speaking, I slow down and I make sure that I'm really clear. We don't automatically turn it on for everyone, but we have it available and we let everyone know if you would like to use that, please turn it on. When they turn it on, it lets me know that, ooh, Somebody is watching via closed caption. I'm going to slow down my words and make it a little more specific. I'm also going to use a good headset, which allows for the best amount of sound and not a lot of reverb. We're trying to get it as clean and clear as possible for all people. The last one to talk about, um, just short, sweet, like a tweet, is animation with your images. Please, a poorly designed animation is confusing to follow. It can go from A to B to C to D all over the the page. We want to make sure that it's just clean and neat and easy to follow. I know this sounds weird, but flashing animations do pose a concern for seizure risk. Um, I have a beautiful uh, cousin whose daughter has seizures regularly. And that's something that's a real thing for our family to recognize. So consider... Reducing the amount of animation um, to what is really necessary and not nice, just the necessities. I'm Becky Pike Booth with the Bob Pike Group. This is just a couple of thoughts for you as you begin to design your next program, thinking about accessibility as a priority. Thanks for listening in. We'll see you next week.